Success in the New Retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. And this is the Success in the New Retirement podcast with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. My name is Mark Owens, and it's all powered by Acute Wealth Advisors. All the information, you can find it at successinthenewretirement.com. Matt, you were talking about the buckets that we need in retirement. Can you give me a quick recap of what those are and how they're going to help us out? Well, it's simple. you got to have emergency funds, liquid assets, something that can fix the dishwasher, the car if it breaks, you know, something you can access, no problem. You need to then, well, and again, this is based off of the Wharton School of Business, their finance, their model. Again, we're not trying to make this up on our own. They've done all the studies and research. But they say emergency fund first, then second is what they call assured income. And so there's multiple ways to do that. And Damon and I have studied and researched all that. We have all the credentials to be able to kind of go through and devise a plan based on this situation and what the person's preference is. But you have to figure out how you're going to produce the income. Mm -hmm. And then the next phase is what we call smart risk. And smart risk is where you're putting money that you're trying to grow, that you want to have some sort of return that's going to help fund some of those future income needs. But it's in a smart way. And what do we mean by that? That is where you're being strategic about how you're investing. So first of all, you diversify it in the proper balances. You you figure out, am I someone that wants 60% of my money in the stock market or am I someone that wants 40 or 50%? So you figure out what level of risk you want to take. And then Damon and I, our approach is a tactical portfolio. So again, our portfolio is, look, we're going to invest your money. We're going to make adjustments to it. But if we start seeing some major downturns, if we start seeing some of the signals that we're seeing right now, we will lower the risk on the portfolio. Because again, it's good to be patient with your portfolio, but you don't just have to sit there and just watch it plummet without making any decisions. Now, that doesn't mean you move everything to cash all in one day. That means you make strategic choices to be able to reduce the risk on the portfolio while still giving you the ability to be positioned for when the market rebounds, you're gonna be able to take advantage of that. So over the past week or so, With all this volatility that's been going on, we've been making adjustments to our portfolio and we've been able to reduce the risk. So the next day after we made some of those changes, the market was down 1%. The following day, it was down a half a percent. We were able to help our clients avoid that part of this correction so that they have more money that they can be able to use. But now that the game or the, the strategy we'll need to implement will be how do we get back into the market and when do we do that? And when are the signals a proper time to be able to move back in? I saw, it was interesting. I get all these emails from different financial firms and they send over stuff. And one of the ones I received today was, it, what happens if you miss out on the best days of the year? Mm-hmm. So it goes through and it shows, hey, what if I miss the best five days of a given year or the best 10 days of a given year and how much it affects your returns? And it is remarkable. If you miss out on some of the big pops in the market because you decided to uh, reduce the risk or to go to cash, it's very difficult to recover and to perform as good as someone that just wrote it out. But that being said, if we can make strategic choices, if we can be tactical in the decisions we make and tactical in the decisions that we make to move back into the market and be willing to take risk again, that can be a really powerful strategy in protecting wealth and generating wealth. And so that's what we call smart risk. Mm -hmm. And then the last category that Wharton School of Business talks about is just your estate planning. How do you pass on wealth? that's over and above what you're going to need for your retirement in the most uh, tax efficient way. And so again, that's the four major categories. So again, to review that, you got your cash or your, or your liquid assets, you've got your assured income, you've got smart risk, and then you have your wealth transfer. 
And so if you can come up with plans and strategies for all of those, you'll know, number one, hey, this is the money I have set aside to produce the paycheck I'm going to need, you know, six months, a year, 10 years from now. This is the money that if me and my wife, my wife want to take a cruise, we can spend some of this. And the way that it's positioned, we're not taking a huge loss that the market's gone down. So we can move forward with that plan to buy those cruise trip vacation and, and pay for those tickets. So it's really strategic in the way you do that, but you have to have things kind of categorized into those. Once you've done that, now you have a financial plan that now you just need to adjust and execute those strategies and you're going to be successful. And that's what we try to do every day. And, and again, it's we're standing on the shoulders of some really smart people that have mm-hmm. created some of these models and these strategies and saying, okay, how do we take what they're suggesting and what they've proven to be a, a very you know good strategy, a good way to retire? How do we just take that information and and then implement it and improve it to give that benefit back to our clients? That number is 480-680-6868. And the reason we're talking about some of the buckets is I need to know if I need to also create a streaming bucket because we were looking at all the money we spend a year on streaming services because Netflix just announced that they're about to up their prices another buck or two. So they're up to $15.50 a month. So, Damon, Matt, think about it. How many streaming services do you subscribe to right now? Hmm. I don't know. You know what, though? I saw uh, an advertisement for an app that will search through, like, all of your credit cards and things, and it will it will automatically identify that type of thing, all these things you're paying a monthly subscription for, and it will you can press a button and it will cancel them for you. Nice. I think, I think that's maybe what you need, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's because, like we have Netflix and Amazon and Amazon Prime and then like uh, Disney Plus. I think we spend over a hundred bucks a month just well, in streaming. Well, and you add those because it's like, oh, there's this one show I want to watch, right? Exactly. And so then you, you sign up and you're like, oh, Only the plan $5. is I'm going to watch it. You know, I'll pay my five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever. We're going to watch this. And then when we're done watching it, then we'll just turn it off. Mm -hmm. And then we never turn it off. Right. And so now we have like 10 services and five of them you never even log into or even use. Yep. But the reason I ask, because it may not seem like a lot, a hundred bucks a month, but that adds up. I mean, we're talking 1200 bucks plus a year. So as you're putting these portfolios together, is technology, is that something that you have to add into, you know, what are your expenses going to be once you retire? There's a lot of ways that we can look at this, but when, when we're getting ready to build a plan for someone, we, we talk about that, you know, that word that everyone hates, and that's a budget. And, and a lot of times, if you've done well, you probably haven't really lived on a budget you know, where you're like, every month, this is what we're going to do. And, and that's not the kind of budget I'm talking about. But we, we ask people to take two or three months and, and just look at how you're spending money. Right. So that you can decide as you go into retirement, move into there, if you want to continue to live the, your life the way that you have been, what does that really entail? And, and, and a lot of times people come back and they say, wow, we didn't realize we were, you know, we we're spending this much or we were spending more. And, and so we need to budget more for retirement than we thought. Or sometimes it's they've been able to identify things they didn't want to be spending money on and say, gosh, you know, it was really nice. We we're able to eliminate some things that that we don't really need and we don't use and we're a waste. And and so here's what the numbers should be going forward. Um, and so the budgeting part is important because we, we need to create a livable income that's going to allow you to continue to live your life without feeling like you have a straitjacket on once you get retired, mm-hmm. right? And that you're not, you can't do anything fun because there should be, you know, these buckets of money we've been talking about, there should be a fun bucket, right? What am I going to, where's the, the money I'm going to use to do the fun things that I want to do? 
But, you know, above and beyond that, this is where the, the maximizing and being efficient in all your buckets is really important, right? Where we're looking at, all right, if we need to be on a fixed income at this point, then we need to make sure we get the maximum benefit of our, from our social security. And so we can use technology and we can say, all right, we can run these different reports and show if we take social security at this age versus this age and you live to be, you know, 85, what's the difference you're actually going to see to you and your pocket, right? And we can also look at when people come in, one of the biggest things that is causing people to pay things they don't want to or don't realize is fees. And we can identify mm -hmm. those things and say, hey, look at this. You realize you're paying this amount in fees. And, and by the way, these two mutual funds that are basically have 98% of the same holdings in them, one of them costs half as much as the other one. They have similar performance, right? So if we just change things and identify, we can maximize and be efficient in all of those different buckets, which means that these dollars go farther. And that means if you still really want to have that Netflix streaming account because, you know, it just makes you so happy then you can continue to have it. 480-680-6868. Always online at successinthenewretirement.com to reach out to team and set up that complimentary consultation. And Matt, you had some thoughts. You know, I have a client that he came in, he'd been retired for about three months. And we, he came in for just a review and he wanted to talk through this year and what his plan was. And I said, it's okay, you retired. You kind of know what you're going to be spending. You just said you wanted to figure that out. And he said, you know what, what I've decided. And they've done really well preparing. So they kind of have a surplus. He said, I decided this year, we're just going to kind of spend and do our thing. I'm not going to try to control the budget or do much. And I just want to see what we end up spending. Because I want to just see what it's like if we're not paying attention. And then I'll know if we need to cut back or if we need to kind of pull in the reins or if we're just fine. And so his approach is, I need, I know I need some sort of parameters, but I just wonder if based on our normal way of living and whatnot, if, you know, we'll be spending in the right areas and kind of come in under budget without even having to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see, right? Because he's entering into this new phase where he's retired and he's got all this free time. And so he might find that, man, he ended up spending a lot more at Home Depot or they traveled a lot more or he started doing hobbies or his wife's, you know, at Hobby Lobby, you know, doing crafts or who, who knows, right? Or he might be golfing, whatever it might be. And so he just wants to kind of say, this year is my trial year. We'll see what it looks like. And then if we need to put some parameters on our budget because we're spending more than we should for what we've saved up for retirement, we'll do that. And so I thought that was a really cool approach because he's just like, I just want to kind of enjoy this first year, see what it looks like. And then we'll figure out from there if we need to make some adjustments. And so, again, it is all about just having some laser focus on some of these things, because if we pay attention to what's going on, figure out where the inefficiencies are, correct those, you're going to have a lot more in your pocket to be able to spend on what you want, as opposed to stuff that's just kind of being, you know, frivolously, you know, spent and you didn't even realize it was going out the window. 480-680-6868. Warren Buffett said once, leave the children enough that they can do anything, but not enough that they can do nothing. All right. Let's play hypothetical here. <laughs> that's a good, that's good advice right there. Let's say somebody has three kids. All right, one of those kids is self-sustaining, doing pretty good. The other kid is doing all right, but they could use some help. But the third kid, total mess, total train wreck. So how do you help develop a plan that is efficient and fair to everybody? Well, again, that comes down to how you're going to distribute that money out to them. So again, everybody has children that they say, man, if I gave them, you know, $200,000 for their inheritance, they would be really wise. They'd pay down their house. They would do this, that, and the other. And then they have that kid that they're like, man, if I gave that to them within six months, they'd have blown through all of that. They'd mm -hmm. been on vacation. They would have bought a new sports car and, 
and every Xbox out there, right? So again, there's a lot of estate planning strategies that you can implement. And so I'll give you a couple of examples of things that clients have done in our situation and, and that with our attorneys help them, you know, put together. So one, they put together a trust that had parameters in there that are only a certain amount of money was distributed out at a certain age. And so that applied to all of the children. So unfortunately, that parameter that they put in place, you know, limited how much the more responsible kid would receive at a certain age um, because they were worried about one of the other children. And so the way it was set up is, you know, if they passed away, then at age 45 or age 55 or 65, they would receive chunks of money. And so at least that gave them the ability to feel good that perhaps their child would mature, that by the time they receive part of that inheritance, they would manage that better and be in a better spot. Mm -hmm. I had another client that they only had one child and they were super concerned that this child would just blow through everything. And so they actually detailed out in their estate planning and they said, okay, part of this money, we actually want invested by the trustee that's in charge of this money into an annuity that would provide our child a guaranteed income stream from the day that we die until the day that they die. And so that was one way. Mm -hmm. And then we have others where it's like, look, it's going to go into this account. We're going to assign the more responsible child to be in charge of things. And they can determine how money could be distributed out to people and how that inheritance is given. Now, the negative to that one that I've seen yeah. is again, to be that guy. Right. <laughs> is now, now the kid is now the parent to the <laughs> oh, delinquent child Everybody and that's not so good. Right. And, <laughs> and so, so there's pros and cons to all of these, a but bottom line is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're stealing my money. You're not giving my money. Yeah. Well, can I borrow but, some money? <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, you've got to figure out some parameters that you want to, you know, pass on wealth. And again, some people are just like, look, if I go and there's money left over, I want it to pass. They can decide what's going on with it. Others, they want to have a little bit more control. And so there's no right or wrong way of doing that. But I love what Buffett's saying that again, you know, if you can benefit your family by your hard work and what you have built, mm -hmm. that it can make it so they can do anything, but not do nothing. I think that's the greatest gift. Again, you don't want to take away from your kids the ability for them to make it on their own, to do something that they can feel that they accomplished, that they didn't just ride in on mom and dad's coattails. Yeah. I think that I think that's what any parent would like to have for their kid, that they can feel and experience that. But we also want the ability to kind of help out and say, okay, if this money can can make a difference, if they can get them out of debt faster, if it can, you know, send grandkids to college, we would want our money to be going in those directions. And so, you know, it's a sensitive topic, but it's something you have to address. So if you get with a good estate planning attorney, they can put some of those things in place. But one thing I will say about estate planning is in the state of Arizona, Arizona is a probate free state, which means that if you properly list beneficiaries on all of your accounts, if you file what's called a beneficiary deed on your real estate that you own here in the state, you can completely avoid probate without having to pay for an expensive trust. Mm -hmm. So the majority of our clients that have trust, it's because they have these family circumstances that they wanted to have a little bit more control in how the money is passing on. But I would say 80 to 90% of all of our clients right now are not using trust to manage their estates and they're going to be able to avoid probate that money will transfer. It'll be just fine. And so everyone has their situation, but don't just run out and get a trust thinking that that's required because it's not the case. Call us. We can kind of show you what you need to do, but you know, there's simple ways in the state of Arizona to properly lay out your estate so that you can pass on wealth in the best way without a bunch of taxes or penalties. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. 
Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. 